Good morning. Yeah, beautiful day today. We've made it out of the sultry summer and into a wonderful, wonderful Arizona weather. This is what I love. Love it so much. We are, uh, as we get into this uh, wonderful season, we're, we're walking our way all the way through the Bible. And it's called the Story Bible. If you don't have a copy, please grab one after church on the table in the back. Or uh, we've got teenage version. There's one for children. There's even one for, like a picture Bible for like preschool, little children. Uh, if you don't see it back there, put your name on the list. Tell us which one you want, and we'll get it to you soon. Uh, but we are uh, just finished up basically Genesis and Exodus in the Bible. And now as we move into chapter 6, uh, we're going to look at Numbers and Deuteronomy. Now, chapter six, uh, the people of Israel take a road trip. And uh, on this road trip, they get into a heap of trouble. They have uh, directions that God has given to them, and they just fail to follow the directions. And it kind of reminds me of the time when a a man driving home from work, this is his, his commute, he's driven this route, thousands of times. He's very familiar with it. He pulls up to a stop sign he does every night. There's nobody coming, so he just kind of rolls through the stop sign. Now, how many of you uh, always come to a complete stop? Like, I'm talking like the car rocks back, and then you go at every stop sign. Now, remember, it's probably not good to lie in church. (laughs) Well, this day, there was a police officer around the corner who witnessed this trespass and uh, quickly pulled him over, rolled the window down, asked for license and registration. The man pleaded with the officer. The officer, I looked both ways, there's nobody coming. What difference does it make, really, if I slowed down or if I stopped? The officer said, well, let me give you a demonstration. And he pulled out his billy club, and he started to beat the man. He said, now tell me, sir, do you want me to slow down, or do you want me to stop? Yeah, we get into a whole heap of trouble when we don't pay attention, when we're on the road, or we don't follow the rules. Well, 645 years have passed from Abraham, where God had given this promise that he was going to inherit this land, his offspring, his generations to come would be numerous and great, and to today, uh, Moses. Moses is the driver of the car now. And he's got the children of Israel in the back seat. And they have driven out of Egypt and slavery. They've driven across the Red Sea. They've driven through the desert of Sinai. And all the while, you know what the children are saying in the back seat. Hey, Daddy Moses, are we there yet? Well, they get to Kadesh Barnea. Can you say Kadesh Barnea? Kadesh Barnea. Yeah, probably never heard of that before, but I hope you'll remember it after today. It's a very important time, very important place in the history of the Israelites. Well, they pull up to Kadesh Barnea, and Moses turns around to the children in the back seat, and he says, well, guess what? We are actually almost there. We've almost made it. And so the Lord says, send uh, some men into this land. They're going to be like scouts. They're going to go scout out and explore the promised land, one from each of the 12 tribes. So each of these men are the drivers of their family, of their tribe, on to the land of Canaan. And they go out uh, and explore the land for 40 days. They're out. 
And they come back and they give their report to Moses. And they say, Moses, this land really is awesome. I mean, it is, really is, with the land of milk and honey. It's everything we could ever want. It was so lush that they carried back uh, some grapes to show Moses, and they were so plump, it took two men to carry the cluster of grapes back to Moses. They said, yeah, Moses, this is an incredible land, but we got a problem. There are already people living there, and they like it just fine. (laughs) And there's a lot of them, and some of them are giants. Moses, it's true, that land is awesome. (laughs) It would be great if we lived there. But we gotta recommend that we we don't go and try to take it from them, at least, at least right now. But one of the 12 spies, uh, scouts, Caleb, he actually uh, pushes back. He says, yeah, there, there are a lot of people there, but remember God, God has promised that he's given us this land. I, I think it's gonna be dangerous, it's gonna be scary, but I think we should do it. And of the 11 others, only Joshua sided with Caleb. The other 10 said, no way, too dangerous, we can't do it, there's no way we could do this. And so they start spreading this bad report among all the people of Israel, so that all the people are you know, grumbling, complaining, oh, okay, well, too bad, maybe next time, it's not gonna work out for us. And so Moses, in just frustration, he gathers all the people of Israel and he tears his robe in lament and he pleads, he pleads with the people. What does he say over and over again? The Lord is pleased with us. He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The Lord is with us. Now Moses he, he was the man that left everything in Midian to go back to Egypt where he was a wanted man to risk his life to rescue the Israelites from slavery, to lead them out through the Red Sea when they were thirsty, God gave them water. When they were hungry, God gave them manna. So this impassioned speech, this plea for the Israelites, please, let's do what the Lord has told us to do. And how do you think the Israelites responded? The very next verse, the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Moses, Caleb, Joshua. Let's stone them and we'll go back the direction we wanted to go. So to that, God said, Recalculating, recalculating. You run into that. So God tells them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. How many times did the Israelites get upset, lose their faith, lose their trust in God, say, God, why did you bring us out in the desert to die of thirst? God, why did you bring us out of this? We're just gonna die of starvation out here. So over and over again, God said, I've heard what you've said, and I'm gonna let, you can have what you asked for. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, 
who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land. I swore with uplifted hand to make your home. Now this is interesting because God kind of sets this courtroom scene for everybody. God said, I made a promise to you that this was gonna be your land and that I was gonna be with you and you were gonna be victorious. And he, again, the courtroom, he really dramatizes. He says, when I said that, I had my left hand on the Bible, I raised my right hand, and I said, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me myself. I made this solemn vow, a covenant with you, if you would but just follow. They made a wrong turn at Kadesh Berea, and so what does that mean for us today? That was some 3,500 years ago. I don't know, how does that apply to our life today? Well, God has certainly still given us uh, directions and uh, aligning our will with his will is the very foundation of what it is to live a Christian life. So I wanna help you today. I'm just gonna give you three, three really practical principles that will help you pass your spiritual driving test. Remember that? Remember how nervous you were for the real driving test? All right, spiritual driving test. Principle number one, learn to ask for directions. And all the women said, amen. Stop and ask for directions. If you wanna know what God's will is for you, you stop, and this time you ask God, what is your will here? We need to stop and ask God, not just how to get there, but we need to ask God where there is. Where does he want me? Where does he want my family? Where does he want my church, in my case? And listen to him. We, we get into so much trouble when we just don't pay attention. And there's certainly even more trouble when God gives us the direction, and instead of turning left, Going into the promised land, we make a hard right, and we end up back in the wilderness, in the desert. Some examples. Uh, so God has given us direction very clearly in his word. That's why I encourage you, always encourage you, five minutes a day in God's word, to spend five minutes in God's word is fantastic. But so right now we're going through the whole Bible in the story Bible. Read it from beginning to end. Everything we could ever need to know is in God's word. And he covers every, every aspect of life, any topic, any worry, any fear, anything, aspiration. Everything is covered. For example, just a couple, a few things. Relationships. You know, God says, it's my will that you be sexually pure until you enter a marriage covenant and then forever after your whole life. And a lot of people will say, well, God, why don't you want me to have any fun? No, that's not it. He's saving you for the greater joy. And you've got the choice at your Kadesh Barnea. You can turn left and follow God's will or you can turn right and maybe find yourself in the wilderness. Within a marriage, God has told us it's my will for you to love each other sacrificially. That you, you, you put the, 
the, the desires, the needs of your spouse above your own. And when both spouses are doing that, wow, now we've got this incredible uh, picture of what it is like for God's love for us, for Jesus' love for his bride, the church, the people of God. And God says, I hate divorce. It's not my will. And I'm not being insensitive to anybody, uh, divorcees here or, or watching, you know better than any of us. Like, it, divorce is awful. Uh, sometimes it's necessary. Always God works good through everything. But divorce itself is awful. And so as far as it depends on us, God says, I want you to nurture that relationship. I want you to humble yourself before your spouse. I want you to commit to growing your faith and your spirituality so you have that to offer to your spouse. Of course, it doesn't always work that way. Uh, the other person doesn't always come along with us on that. And so you get in a no-win situation, and yeah, divorce certainly happens, but as far as it depends on us, right, we wanna follow God's direction and not, not our own. It's never gonna end up good that way. God gives us incredible uh, wisdom for children. And he says, it's my will that you raise your children to honor the Lord. And so congratulations, all the parents here today and you're watching online and you've got your children gathered around you or they're in kids time and they are learning about Jesus today and especially on Reformation Day, uh, how he, he, it's a free gift that God's given us, uh, this forgiveness and this eternal life that he's blessed us with. So important. But moms and dads, you know, it goes beyond that, right? It is, it is modeling that type of trust in God the other days of the week with your kids. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. None of us are perfect, right? But let them see a little bit of that struggle of how it is to make that decision at your Kadesh Barnea to, to follow God's will or to seek God's direction in your life. God has given us uh, rhythms in life, right? The tide comes in, the tide goes out. The sun rises, the sun sets, and there's a balance in our life. And God has said, it's my will for you to take a day to rest. I want you to have a Sabbath rest. It's, it's kind of like we're vacuum cleaners. What? Well, we don't have uh, commercial grade engines in us. We have uh, residential grade motors. You understand? So we can't run 24-7. And God has designed us that way. We, we just, we can't. You, God says, you have a residential grade motor, which means you can run six days strong, but one day a week, you got to stop, rest, and you replenish, right? And you replenish in the word, in the Lord. You uh, glorify, you enjoy all of the blessings that God has given you. You contemplate all of the wonders that are right around us in our face that maybe we miss when we're so busy being busy. You can find directions in God's word if you, uh, for even finances. It's amazing, it covers everything. When it comes to stuff in the world, God says, I've created all this, it's wonderful. But God said, I want you, my will for you, is for you to be satisfied in me. And when you are satisfied in me, you won't be tempted 
to chase after or buy all this stuff that's never going to satisfy you. It can't do it. Only I will satisfy, and only in me you'll have this kind of peace. And God talks about our giving. He talks about giving very bluntly. Jesus talked about giving actually more than any other topic you could pick up. It's so important to our lives. God says, it's my will for you that you give me the first cut, the first fruits of everything I've blessed you with. I don't want to be an afterthought in your life. I, I don't want the second hand or what comes at the end or what's left over at the end. Right, you give whatever it is, small, I don't care, but you make that, you honor God by giving that first. And for all of these things, marriage, relationships, children, finances, Sabbath, you've got a choice. You can follow God's directions into the promised land. Or you can say, no, I'm uncomfortable with that, I'm afraid of this, I'm just gonna do my thing. And you'll wind up in the wilderness. Now sometimes we all have time, that's just a part of God's calls us to the wilderness, that's a part of life, I know that. But here's what I'm saying. I don't wanna spend one more day in the wilderness than I'm called to. I want to be in the promised land, yes? So, stop and ask for directions. If you wanna pass your spiritual driver's test, you also cannot be driven by fear. The Israelites, they knew it was God's will for them to take the land. They had been promised it for generations. But why didn't they? They were afraid. They were terrified. They were so outnumbered. There were giant men there. They could not see how they could win. They had a lower story perspective, a very earthly, limited view of everything. But God sees the big picture. And we just trust, we just trust God. Don't make the right turn back into the wilderness. Go, even if you're afraid. God says, do not be afraid. The Lord is with you, over and over again. Do not be afraid. The Lord is with you. All right, stop and ask for directions. Don't be driven by fear. And the last one is just, I think just a good thing for all of us to remember is that others are in the car with you. Hmm? Others are in the car with you. Do you remember the consequence that God gave to the Israelites when he said, your children will be shepherds here in the desert for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness? Now, I don't want to spend one more day in the wilderness than I have to, but I certainly don't want to be the reason that my children have to spend time in the wilderness. And as parents or spiritual parents, whether blood children here in the church or you are a member here as this family of faith uh, caring for all of the children in our church, all the children in our community uh, we would care about even. 
We gotta think about the decisions that we make that they don't just affect us. It's not just about me, myself, and I. We are a family of faith. We are the body of Christ. And if the toe hurts, the whole body hurts and feels it. We, we've got to stay focused on God's will for us regardless of the fear that would uh, seize us and the selfishness that would uh, tempt us to make decisions otherwise. Again, I don't wanna be the cause of other people suffering because I didn't have the courage to step up and face the giant fears that I have because I didn't trust in God. Well, 40 years they did wander in the desert of Sinai But fast forward, 40 years later, and they're back. And guess where? Kadesh Barnea. You say it again? Kadesh Barnea. This was the moment of truth, again. Everyone 20 years older uh, had passed away. The children had spent their whole childhood and young adult lives in the desert. And here they were, standing in front of the, kind of the, the, the fork in the road, if you will. Now, uh, Moses was the leader before. Uh, Joshua is the leader now. Now, when, when Moses uh, sent people to explore the land, remember how many people he sent? It was 12, right? 12. Went out, came back, two gave a good report, 10 said, nope, can't do it. I think this is really interesting. You know how many people Joshua sent to go explore the land? Yeah, answer, Two, why? Because committees never make courageous decisions. Yeah. Funny and true at the same time. So here they are uh, on the edge and be assured today, now we're in Deuteronomy, this is the end of uh, their wanderings here. So again, they're reminded, right? The Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them. He will subdue them. And they're reminded, again, after they've driven them out before the land, before you, don't say, oh, the Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness my good works, my good deeds, me being a good person, me following you know, God's will. It's because of that that God has given us this blessing. He says, understand, it is not because of your righteousness, because you are still a stiff-necked people. <laughs> yeah, okay, you finally took that left turn. Yes, well, you're still poor, miserable sinners. Yeah, don't, don't sprain your elbow patting yourself on the back. Because you finally, after 40 years, right, made the correct turn and followed God's direction. Oh, that's kind of the big celebration of what the reformation of the church was. You know, the church, for several hundred years, had fallen into this this world view of we are, are accepted by God, we're even forgiven by God because of what we do, because of what we give even. The church sold indulgences. It was, uh, (laughs) anyway, 
uh, a terrible view of, of our relationship with God and how we're, how we're made right with God, righteous with God. It, it's not based on, God is the one who does it. He will, he will, he will. And he did, Jesus did. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus rose from the grave so that you can have eternal life. And it's not because of what you did, but what I'm telling you, what we do still matters. Because if we turn left and follow his directions, promised land. Be stubborn, stiff-necked, turn right, and you'll probably find yourself in the wilderness. Now here at our wonderful church and school family, we've been blessed with a God-sized vision. It is massive. But I can tell you for years, years that I've been here, we've done many surveys of the congregation. We've had many meetings of the congregation. We've had focus groups for different areas of ministry. We've done interviews with members and with neighbors, not connected to our church, to find out, seek, what is God's will for us here today? What is God's will for us to reach the community with the gospel through us, through our ministries, through our facilities? And we have a really giant size vision. And sometimes, even I'm afraid. But we got a choice. We can follow where God is leading us and has led us so far in the direction he's telling us to go. We can turn right. I'm not into that. You know, when God says stop, I want to stop. If God says turn left, I want to turn left. And if God says, I want you to rush forward, then I want to put the pedal to the metal. Because... I want to be aligned with God's will. I want to be in the promised land. And it's not just me. It's for my children, and it's for the people of this church that I've been called to serve. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for showing us so many examples of how you overcome the giants in people's lives. Lord, there's just time and time again, example after example after example, uh, we see that when people follow your will, Lord, you do it for them. As a matter of fact, the Psalms say, if we commit our way to you, that you will do it, that you will bring it to pass. So Lord, I pray you bless our efforts in our personal lives and growing in faith our families uh, sharing the love of Jesus, and as a church family, sharing the mercy of God and his gospel with our community. Lord, continue to be with us. Continue to give us courage and faith and the blessings that will be needed uh, to do all you've called us to do. Lord, uh, we thank you for this, uh, again, uh, remember this Reformation and all those, all the saints uh, have gone before us to keep your word available to us so that we know what your will is. All the people have kept the gospel center in, in our faith and our church uh, so that we know what's important and know what, know what holds us together and what keeps us right with you. For these things, Lord, and for everything else, Lord, please grant it for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen.